0: each with a theme that we'll see that is reflected throughout Scripture, and so we'll be looking at other passages each week as we, that speak to the same things as that psalm. And so we're, we're going to embark on the psalms of Ascent this week and really next week as well. But midway, somewhere in the middle of that journey, we're going to pause that, and we're going to stop and take a look at the church in Scripture And we'll look at key passages of of what it means to be the church and what it means to be a vital church, church vitality, and a church with vision of God leading us. Passages like the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, passages like Acts 1, where God calls us witnesses. And we'll be taking a look at that. But all of that takes us now back to the transition process of where we're at as a church, We are moving from a season of reflecting on and dealing with where we're at as a church and we are entering a season of discerning god's particular purpose for us at new hope and as we wrap up the season of looking where we're at i've i've prepared a report on the on this transition process which includes a, a summary analysis of all the meetings I had with so many of you, and it was a wonderful time for me. And I've presented that report to the session, and they are sharing it with the team that is now going to be leading the vision process, but we're also making it available to anyone who cares to read it. And it is now a resource. It's going to be a resource for all of us, for all of us as we turn our attention to where God is leading us from here there's going to be copies of it they'll be available there's hard copies available after the service in the narthex and you can and you can grab one of those on your way out as well as you'll be receiving if you're on our in our email system you'll be receiving an email going out this afternoon after the service to all with a link to that report as well i mentioned the team that is leading this visioning process the session has put together a team of seven people that's going to be leading the work of our whole congregation together seeking God's leading for our church. And the team had our first meeting this past Tuesday, and I'll tell you the team right now. The team is Ron Benjelink and Bill Masterson and myself from the session. But it's also Kim Sanders Walters who who did the announcement at the beginning of the service, Debbie Green and Rendell who's been playing the the violin, and Ruben Anvilink, who's been leading us in prayer and other things. And each of us is going to recruit uh, two prayer partners to to support us, and then all of us as a congregation are going into a season of prayerfully discerning where is God leading us as a church, and in answering the simple question, how does God want to express Himself through this church, in this community, at this time? If we can answer that, that's a vision. That's the answer to what is God doing here at New Hope? Now, once we have a a clear sense of who we are and where God is leading us, it's only then that we'll be putting together the pastor search committee, the the, team team what we call the Pastor Nominating Committee. You'll hear the term PNC thrown around. That's the Pastor Nominating Committee. That's the search team. And we'll put that together and begin the nationwide search for the person to lead this congregation into the future that God has for us. But now, now, we're in a season of prayer and discernment and discipleship, including how to be a church together. The church that God is calling us to be here and now. And so we're going to focus on discipleship and prayer as we begin this season, as we enter this season of discerning God's visions, God's plans. And we're going to begin all this with a passage from the prophet Jeremiah that speaks to right where we're at. It's a passage familiar to people who have been around the church for a while, but we often hear it without understanding the context And the context is in 576 BC, the nation of Israel, most of them, almost all of them, have been carried off into exile to Babylon. Babylon has defeated the nation of Israel, and it's taken most of the people into captivity. A few are left, and there are some voices calling themselves prophets who are telling them, telling the people to revolt. Fight back against the captors. Get the glory days of Israel back again right now. But the true prophet, Jeremiah, has a different message. And in this chapter, he's telling the people of Israel to be patient. He's to settle into Babylon, not to become Babylonians, but through their presence there as the people of God, to bless the people that they're living among. And know this, God has not forsaken you. That's where we pick up this passage, as we read in Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 14. Listen to the Word of God. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise, and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me, when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. God has a plan for his people, for the Israelites in captivity in Babylon. They're going to be there 70 years. They're going to be there. That, that, that's going to be the lifetime of nearly everyone he's speaking to. It, this is a long-haul plan, and it's not going to be to the liking of those who are used to doing whatever they want, whenever they want, to used to having it all now. But this is God's plan. It's what's going to happen. And you can either fight it or take comfort in it. And be a blessing to your family and to everyone in your life, even to your captors. And though it be 70 years before your people go home again, God has not forsaken you. You're not wandering aimlessly through this time and place. In your life, your people, everything, it's headed in a direction that God has determined and that God is directing. One of the things that we can recognize that is not right in our world right now or then is our short attention spans we have an expectation that anything worthwhile in life can be achieved, received, bought quickly, instantly, or easily. For instance, it's easy to get people interested in Christianity. People are looking for religious experiences, but not necessarily for long apprenticeships of holiness. Eugene Peterson describes this as by saying... Religion in our time has been captured by a tourist mindset. Gorda Vidal describes today's passion for the immediate and casual. We're all about shortcuts, hurry, how-to, production. Another similar characterization of our society is that we are consumerists. We're always shopping, shopping for the next experience, the next promise, the next great thing. And all of these paint a picture of a a, a restless society searching for something to make it feel better for the moment, that next thing. Nietzsche, the philosopher, for all he got wrong from a believer's point of view, he was perceptive when he critiqued where the industrial world was going. And he said, The essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There, thereby results and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. Now, this is not the way of the world, but it is characteristic of a path of faith. A long obedience in the same direction. It's the name of the book of about the Psalms of Ascent that by Eugene Peterson that I'll be referring to through the series, and he describes two biblical designations of a life of faith that are helpful here: pilgrim and disciple. Pilgrim and disciple. Disciple, mathetes in Greek. It's a lifelong apprenticeship a lifelong apprenticeship. And in the Christian context, it's an apprenticeship to Jesus. Not so much in the classroom, but it's on-the-job training. Not acquiring information, but skills and wisdom in faith. And disciples are those who who live with Jesus and and join him. Join him in the workplace. Join him everywhere. And he he began as a carpenter and fashioning buildings and, and furniture. He became one who shaped people and, including his disciples, shaped them, shaped us in the life of faith. What does a faithful life look like? Follow Jesus as his disciple. A pilgrim, a pilgrim, on the other hand, is a person who spends their lives going someplace on a journey. For those headed for Jerusalem on the songs of ascent, singing those songs of ascent, or for us, we're going to God. We're going to God. We are a people who have realized that things are not right here, and this world is not our home. The archetype for us is Abraham, who left his family and home and went on a journey. Didn't even know where he was going as he started off. Just, know, just knew God was leading him. The people of Israel left Egypt and wandered in the desert, not aimlessly, but always on their way to the Promised Land. And Thomas, Jesus' disciple, who asks Jesus, saying, Lord, we do not know where we're going. How can we know the way? Jesus is the way, the path through whom we go. All of this is a picture of us recognizing that God has a plan for us, and we become pilgrims in pursuit of that plan. I believe God has a plan for this church, and I'm excited about that. But here's the challenge, and we see it in this passage. There's no book that tells us what that plan is, that answers that question about where God is leading us here and now. There's no plan that tells us the purpose and the vision for this church in this place and time, nor can we take a survey for that answer. We can't look to the pastor and simply be told it. It's not mine to give, nor is this meant to be the vision of the vision team or, even, or the prayer partners. How we discern that plan is the same way the Israelites had to decide what God wanted them to do in exile. Jeremiah wrote, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This season of our church, we are seeking God together. This is all of us seeking God together, learning prayer and praying, starting from where we are at today and going on, continuing on that pilgrimage. And we'll share with each other what God is showing us about ourselves, about our passions and our giftings as a people in the church, about our community and its needs and its opportunities, and how we sense God pulling all of this together and giving us vision. Honestly, if we hear God with quick and easy answers and, and, and that's what we're looking for, the kind, that you, the kind that gets you off the hook from doing the hard work of seeking God, then you might be able to guess. Maybe it's a little bit of a, a false prophet because what God is asking of us is not our answer, our quick and easy answers what he's looking for is our attention and our prayers in our ears and our hearts and so we begin this journey by reaching out to god together and trust that he's going to show us what we need to know about what he has in store for us his plan and our next stop on the the pilgrimage that new hope has been on as a church from the day it began. Let's pray. Lord, you're calling us to seek you. We we hear echoed in just that phrase so many other passages to seek you first and everything else will come. God, God, We seek you now. Lord, help us to pray. Teach us to pray. Draw us in prayer so that we can see your path for us as a church, as as individuals, and knowing that the heart of that path is that we would have our eyes on you, have our eyes on Christ, following you, Being your disciples and pilgrims headed towards your plan, your way, your cross and empty tomb. God, thank you for your call on each of us. Thank you that it's not the easy answer, but it's you. It's you. And God, show us yourself your will, your ways, and your Son in all his glory. For that is what we seek as individuals, as those who have been saved by your grace and as a church that together proclaims your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's in his glorious and wonderful name that we pray. Amen and amen.